Rufus, what are you thinking of? Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. We're trying to be very quiet. This is live from the indictment of Donald J. Trump in New York. This is the award-winning stamp show here today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. You can support this witless tosh by joining the Stamp Show Here Today community. The cost is only $10 for a lifetime membership. We are an APS-affiliated club. Listen to the end credits for more information. This is not lawyer cash because calling yourself a lawyer is actually illegal. Hmm. This is titular General Major Mark. I'm still Sir Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is an Indonesian rank. <laughs> well, the um, I had a question from Jerry Schwartz today who had a stamp. It was a U.S. number 253, which is the three-cent purple Andrew Jackson stamp, the uh, first bureau issue, or second bureau issue. Well, whatever it is. Bureau, it's not the first bureau issue, second bureau. Uh, the one with triangles. Hmm. And it was mint never hinged, but it had a pencil mark on the back that said 253. It was the Scott's catalog number written on the back. And he asked me, is this a thing which will affect the value? And I told him yes, because most people who collect Mint Never Hinge aren't actually collecting Mint Never Hinge. They're actually collecting post office fresh. And so if you have the Scott's catalog number on the back, it isn't considered post office fresh. And so then he asked how much of a reduce in value and uh, Mark, what do you see with because you deal with Mint Never Hinged, and when you see stuff like this come up, what would you reduce the price by for pencil mark that just appears to be you know the Scotts catalog number? Uh, it's it's difficult to to figure out how to reduce the value, but you would definitely have to say Never Hinge, but pencil mark on back. You'd have to mention it. Yeah, what I told him to do actually was not to mention it, but actually put a picture up so that anybody who looks at it can see exactly how big it is. And this was written fairly large, mm -hmm. and it was not in a straight line. It was sort of at an angle and right. stuff like that. So it it was defacement kind of from the back. Yeah, it is possible to erase pencil marks on gum if it's uh, done with a uh, uh, like a, a light you know, so a soft lead, like a number two or something like that, where the person writing it didn't press down hard. Uh, that would have, would have indented the paper or indented the gum. Um, and in such cases, like when I'm, uh, when I'm looking at something for a grade, I wouldn't deduct for a, a light pencil mark because it can be erased. Um, and there's certain types of erasers, um, um, I'm not sure if we've ever covered that, but there are certain types of erasers. The soft white. Yeah, it's like the soft white eraser that will erase a pencil mark on gum without marring the gum. Mm-hmm. As long as you're careful enough. Yes, that is true. Uh, but even after you've erased it, you still have a gum disturbance. And so actually erasing it, you have a chance of getting a previously hinged call. 
Right, but yeah, it's it's got to it's got to be a type of eraser that doesn't have that that is uh, non-abrasive. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, I've got that that kind of eraser, and if it's a light pencil mark, you can actually erase a pencil mark and 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 have it just not you know appear a post office fresh again. But it really depends on the pencil mark. Yeah. So uh, just as a word of advice to people, um, don't write. If it's mint never hinged, you are risking your never hinged status. Because if you send it in for certificate here, the whole idea of getting a certificate is genuine. You are mint never hinged with no other story to it. You want a clean certificate. And this is going to say, generally uh, speaking, it'll say something like a genuine mint never hinged with pencil marking on gum. And whenever you have a clarifier on a certificate, people have to sit there and say, okay, how much does this lower the value? Because I know what a never hinged stamp is worth. Right. I do not know how much a never hinged stamp with pencil mark on the back is worth. It depends on, you know. How big it is, how small it is, stuff like that. Yeah, this also comes into play if you have a stamp that's never hinged, but it has selvage affixed, and the selvage has been hinged. It has to be mentioned on the certificate. It's a truly a never hinged stamp, but it, you have to mention on the certificate that the selvage has been hinged. And a lot of people at that point will remove the selvage unless right. it has a plate number. Yeah, right. But if it just has selvage, you tear that sucker off immediately. Carefully tear that off. Okay. Immediately <laughs> carefully. Well, Jim. Yes. You have a thing that you found. Well, you didn't find it. It was I, actually written up by Lens, but. Yeah. It was written up in, in the latest edition of Lens, which I get online. Um, so the Lens issue is actually dated April 17th, which by the time we get this podcast out. Wow. That's in the future. It's in the future still. You're like listening to a time machine here. I think it's also appropriate to talk about it today because this is what happened. In mid-March, Customs and Border Patrol, uh, they call them Border Protection Officers, confiscated over 4,000 counterfeit U.S. postage stamps in Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. Well, I thought that was interesting, A, that the port of entry was through Texas, um, according to the press release that the customs office put out, they found these fraudulent stamps um, inspecting packages that were manifested as hand account self adhesive sheets and were valued, for example, a roll of 200 was uh, forever stamps was valued at $10, which is, you know, the. The actual value of a roll of it's uh, 60, 63, 63 yeah. Yeah. it's like it's like for two hundred stamps it would be one hundred and twenty five dollars or something. So um, they were examining this shipment, uh, poor quality. They said, and they looked suspicious. It was in shipments from China, which, not Canada. Which well, see, this is why it's timely because in this day. We know that these um, uh, scoundrels, shall we call them? Rapscallions. Yes, rapscallions. They try to frame somebody else for what they did. So 
uh, New York is going to look into this and probably indict the Canadians yeah. for framing the Chinese. They already have an indictment on the suitcase. Probably. Yeah. So the suitcase is going to have to plead innocent or guilty. Right. Was there a ham sandwich in the suitcase? Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay, so getting getting back to the stamps. Um, I thought it was interesting because the package, This is now this was just in March. The package had um, counterfeit stamps from 216, the Patriarch Spiral stamp, in booklet panes of tens. It had the 2019 Coral Reef stamps in panes of 20. And it had the 2022 U.S. flag stamps in double-sided panes of 20 and coil rolls of 100. The custom service thought these looked suspicious, so they contacted the postal service, which examined the stamps and said, yes, they were counterfeit. Yay, they which, can determine counterfeit Which stamps. was a big revelation yeah. for us here at <laughs> Stamp Show here today because we've been saying this for how long now that the postage, the post office needs to start I think we started identifying calling these. them out last Tuesday. Yeah, I think it was Maybe a, a little long. earlier. Yeah, like last year. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I, th I thought it was interesting because for two reasons. One is it definitely was coming from China, A. B, they were definitely counterfeit. And C, it was Customs and Border Protection that found them and identified them as fake before they called the Postal Service for confirmation. That's how easy it's probably going to be for us to be able to tell these types of counterfeits. Now, Another interesting thing is I thought it was the port of entry was through Texas. I know Houston is a big port, they, um, even though it's 50 miles inland, and that is, would be a way to come in. Um, but rather than coming in off our west coast, I thought that was kind of interesting. Also, the article in Lens goes on to say that the Postal Service, as of April 1st, is now going to treat any mail, any letter that has counterfeit postage on it, they're going to treat it as abandoned property, property and dispose of it, which is, if they do that, means that if you're buying discount postage at half price from one of these um, uh, discount stores and it is not... Uh, and they are counterfeits, you run the risk of your mail, including your payments for different uh, loans and, and uh, power bills and so forth, could conceivably just get incinerated. They won't return them as postage due or anything like that because the obvious intent was to defraud the government. Well, defraud the post office, remember, they were a quasi-governmental. Well, maybe I should, like, uh, run off this article and ship it to Facebook and see if they'll reinstate, reinstate me. me huh? <laughs> yeah. Or they might want to go with the um, indictment that's being prepared in New York City against the Canadians. <laughs> Canadian counterfeit post. <laughs> yeah, never know. Well, let's talk a little bit about 
this indictment because, um, first of all, I think I've said it before, I've never voted for Trump. I always voted for the libertarian. So, you know, if you think this is political, fine, you know, have a ball. Uh, but there was a fellow at lunch today and he made Trump indictment commemorative covers all hand ca- canceled today. And honestly, I'm going to run some through too. I'm going to deposit some and I'm going, don't tell anybody. Okay. So everybody turn down your podcast yeah, real quick. Don't listen to this. Part. I don't want anybody to hear this, but some of them I'm going to purposely use counterfeit stamps on. <laughs> 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 but I wanted to discuss making commemorative covers because I have made many commemorative covers in the past. My first commemorative cover, people who uh, come from Southern California will remember Carmageddon. And what Carmageddon was, was they had this bridge over the 405 freeway. And they were demoing the bridge. And so they had to close the 405 freeway, which is a major, major freeway, a huge, major freeway. They had to close the freeway for two and a half days. And they called it Carmageddon, Armageddon with a car in front of it. And so my very first cover I ever made was Carmageddon. And I actually went through exactly the same thing that this fellow at lunch went through is getting the stamps canceled today. And there is a provision where you can have stuff handed back. You hand it to the postal clerk, they cancel it and hand it back to you. It's actually in the code. I don't remember what the code is, but... Yeah, it's in the domestic mail manual. Yeah, you can find it. I brought it to them and the postal clerk just refused to do it. And I'm sitting here going, oh, man, because this is the post office that's at the bridge. I mean, the bridge is right there. This is the post office. So what I ended up finally doing was going to another post office that was on the other side of the freeway. And it was close to the bridge, too, so that's fine. They pulled this out of their butts, but they hand canceled it. And then they said, well, you still have to put it through the mail but you can put it inside of this envelope and mail it to you. So I had them hand canceled. Then they handed it to me. I put them in a manila envelope, paid the postage on that and had it mailed to me. And they thought that was okay, (laughs) which, you know, there's nothing like that in the code. I, then what I did was I got the envelopes back and then I ran them through my laser printer and put a cache on them. Now, the person today, he ran them through something better than a laser printer. And he printed Trump indictment and everything on it. Big, huge cover, you know, a legal size cover. And he went in and they wouldn't hand cancel it. So he argued with them and everything like that. And they said, no. He then went to another post office. And got it done. Now, the drawback in my opinion on this, and he said he has a friend in Florida, which these will be better. But if he wanted to have um, either like a Mar-a-Lago cancel or a New York cancel on it, 
Instead, the ones that he showed us had Las Vegas cancel, which doesn't mean anything. So um, have you guys ever done anything with covers like this, or am I the only one? I was considering doing that for the anniversary of the invention of the tube sock. No. <laughs> which I thought you had already done, so I didn't do it. <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't pass that up. The actually, uh, I did it on January 6th also. Oh, yes. And I got a bunch for January 6th. And on the January 6th ones, because nobody, nobody knew what was going on or anything like that, I put two Confederate stamps. You know, the uh, Confederate, uh, I think they're 39 the, cent. The commemoratives. The commemoratives, not actual, co uh, the ones with, uh, you know, Jefferson Davis or anything on them. But it had like, the best one had, of course, Lee and Grant on it. And then the other ones had, you know, all the other stamps because I, I didn't want to bust up a bunch of sheets. And then I got them back. And then I ran them through the laser printer and put caches on them. So, you know, I have these. Uh, I did one when my son was born. I got him canceled on the day that he was born. And that was easy because, you know, the city that I mailed up out of was the city he was born in. <laughs> so You didn't have to go far. So I didn't have to go far. And then I ran him through the laser printer and printed a cache. It was a nice little picture of him, you know, when he was a newborn. Um... I think that I've had more fun with making commemorative covers than a lot of things. And, uh, you know, when an event comes up, it's like, oh, yeah, I want to make a commemorative cover of this. And like something, like I said, some of them are just for me, the Carmageddon. You know, if you were not in uh, Southern California, and I think it was 1997 is when they did it. If you weren't there in 1997, you care not a hill of beans about this. But there's a commemorative cover, and I know because I made them. Yeah, it might be it might be good to arm yourself with a um, a printout of that particular um, notation in the domestic mail manual that talks about uh, the postal service being able to do that. Lynn's had articles in the past giving the number and actually showing it and saying, you know, when you go in, show this to them. The problem is, you know, yeah, you show it to them and they can still ignore it. Right. Yeah. So like me, uh, I'm going to, you know, after seeing what he did, uh, I thought I was going to do some today. So like I said, I, but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to drop them in the mailbox and have them mailed back and I'll write my address in uh, pencil. And then they just come back so I don't have to monkey with it. And then I'll run some. There, there is bound to be some picture or something. You know, the mo I heard the motorcade heading out. You know, was this big, huge motorcade going? Or, you know, they have uh, Trump doing some perp walk with the orange jumpsuit, you know, and the handcuffs and the leg cuffs so that he doesn't, like, attack anybody. You know, have them shuffle up to the bench and say not guilty or whatever. I don't think that actually happened. I was going to say no. that had to be photoshopped. Right. <laughs> I don't think the Secret Service would allow that. Uh, maybe I will. That would be a good idea. You know, get uh, a picture of a guy in full garb and then. Yeah, I think there are. Already I'm sure it's already out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually, you're probably right. I I don't have to look very far. Right. <laughs> But yeah, that, I want to do something like that. I'll do something. 
and uh, just have fun with it. Yeah, I've never created one, but uh, I bought an estate, and part of the estate was a series of 50 envelopes mailed from a hotel in Hawaii uh, when the 1976 Bicentennial 50, 50 flag uh, was issued. Uh, a, a husband and wife hand wrote out their address on 50 different envelopes and put the stamps on and mailed them to themselves. Yeah. And so uh, they had a, a complete set on the first day of issue. Well, what a lot of people do, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but it was popular a while ago, is people would do hand-painted first day covers and stuff, and they would do a hand, they would literally paint or draw the cachet. And some of those are very valuable. There are some very popular artists who did them. And then there's, you know, there's like five that are very popular and collected and, you know, 5,000 others. That you, <laughs> the skill level isn't quite there. Right. They're not as popular. Yeah. Yeah. Well known. But it is a fun thing. A lot of people like uh, hand drawn first day covers or commemorative covers and uh, it's kind of it's kind of neat making little keepsakes. You know, I did some for COVID. Uh, I mailed some masks so that, that I would get you know masks that are canceled during COVID. Now the drawback, of course, is that you know they're all canceled in Las Vegas. I would rather have them canceled, you know, Washington D.C. at the CDC Center or something like that. But you do what you can do. Well, anything else, or is this going to be a kind of short podcast? Well, actually, I was watching uh, HBO, I think it is, and there is a new show called Perry Mason. Well, not new. it's It's been out, but uh, I started watching the first episode, and on the very first episode, um, there is a close-up of a parcel that was mailed from uh, uh, Van Nuys, California to Salinas, California. It looks like a two-pound box of chocolates mailed uh during christmas time and it's franked with uh three scott number uh 703s the the three uh, the two cent uh bicolor issue yorktown yeah uh, the yorktown is that 73 or 702 one or the other yeah yeah um and a couple of uh and a couple of christmas um stamps christmas um, seals christmas seals yeah yeah um but it was interesting it was marked uh, with a, um, a hand stamp that says return to sender, refuse for postage due, which friend of the show, um, Jim Forty says did not exist. That was not a, a, a genuine type of uh, marking. But, um, but I thought that's interesting, you know, stamps on, on, in uh, Hollywood. Well, we also asked him about was a six cent rate a proper rate for a two pound box of chocolate. Right. And it, first of all, it was inside the same zone. Mm-hmm. But it was two pounds. We know the weight. It was two pounds because it was two pound box of chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. You can see that it's a, a wrap box of chocolates. And so uh, probably not six cents. Right. So it probably was postage due. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Although in the story, it kind of it, it, uh, it kind of gave you the impression that the box of chocolates was refused by the recipient, which is that's not what the marking says. So, but well, uh, what, what was the story? Was it? Was it evidence that he was guilty or innocent? Uh, no, it was. Uh, he had this look of disappointment on his 
on his face as he as he saw that it was returned to him. Um, but uh, but I didn't uh, I didn't actually finish the episode. But uh, so it could have been an alibi, and it could right, have been yeah, nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so well, I was commenting because you see these in uh, crop up every so often, and they're uh, multicolored. There's blue ones and purple ones and red ones. Uh, pictures of a train with where the train is coming towards you. It's not like a Pan American train where it's a side. It's a train where it's coming towards you. It has dots in the corners where the values should be, and they're blank. They, they're full in, but it says U.S. postage across the t- or it says postage across the top. And t- these were made by Universal Studios, so that if anybody was mailing something. You'd go down to the props department and you would get one of these stamps. And that continued up quite a while until somebody said, you know, we really don't need the prop stamps. We actually have people who know what stamps were issued. (laughs) (laughs) And my favorite is, you know, and I know everybody does this who is, if you're listening to the podcast, you're you're a collector of stamps. And whenever you see, uh, an envelope on a movie, you're going to always look at it and say, those aren't the right stamps or those are the correct stamps or whatever. I mean, unless you're watching the movie Charade. Yeah. Then if you're watching the movie Charade... Not the, the real stamps. Well, the original had the real stamps. The original had... But the uh, remake that they did had like really funky, stupid-looking stamps. Like, like they took the 1927 issue... And they'd cut out like the heads and put them on. So you'd have, they were all bicolor. So you'd have like the four cent Martha Washington on a five cent Roosevelt stamp. So they didn't use real stamps, period. They didn't even call them. No, they, they made, they, they made weird looking stamps, but on the original one, they did. Well, they didn't put them on the envelope though. No, they did. Yeah, they were on the envelope, but they were, they, they were sloppily kind of pasted well, on. Yeah. Uh, the people who, you know, listen. The, oh, go ahead. But when, when I play the one of the most popular intros we have is uh, from Charade, where uh, she goes, aren't the, the fellow says, aren't these magnificent? And uh, Audrey Hepburn says, I don't know. I collect stamps. No, I don't know anything about stamps. Or I don't know yeah. anything about stamps. And uh, that was, she had given... The envelope, it's no spoiler alerts. The guy got the envelope. She realized afterwards that it was a way to transfer the value. And so she goes to the person and he goes, I expected you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a million dollars worth of stamps. Well, it wasn't a million dollars back then, but there are hundred, many thousands of dollars worth of stamps on this envelope that I got from you. Yeah. Or actually, I think she gave it to a kid. Yeah. And then she gave it to her nephew. And then the kid gave it to him. Yeah. So that happened. Yeah. Be interesting. Now, uh, now I got to go see because I got to see if the package was actually an alibi. (laughs) (laughs) She got to go watch Perry Mason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my, my snag is that uh, I heard that the Americans was a really, really good series. It was, yes. And I can't get it anywhere for free. Oh. (laughs) 
and you it costs, pay for it. <laughs> oh, and, and it's expensive. It's like $24 per season in their six seasons. Yeah. So, I believe you can get them from the library. Oh, really? I think you can check them out, yeah. Oh, I got to go to the library then. That's yep. cool. Well, on that note, happy collecting. We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. But now the time has come to go. If this silkon was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.